This is Self Work, and I'm Dr. Margaret Rutherford. At Self Work, we'll discuss psychological and emotional issues common in today's world and what to do about them. I'm Dr. Margaret, and Self Work is a podcast dedicated to you taking just a few minutes today for your own self work. Hello and welcome or welcome back to Self Work. I'm Dr. Margaret Rutherford. I'm a clinical psychologist who's lived and worked in Fayetteville, Arkansas for over 30 years. And eight years ago, we brought you Self Work in order for me to extend the walls of my practice to those of you who might already be very interested in psychological issues. Maybe you're in therapy. To those of you who are looking for some answers, maybe you've just been diagnosed. But also to those of you who might never darken the door of a therapist or you think you might not, but you need some help. And maybe, just maybe, the Self Work Podcast is where you're going to find it. Here at Self Work, we focus on what you can do about it, right? I preach and encourage all of you to figure out the one thing that's in your control and make a change that will help you with your sense of wellness. Like all of you, I laugh at memes and try to take myself with a grain of salt. But the last few weeks, I've been in the dumps. Everything has taken more effort or has seemed to, and energy has been hard to find. It's true. I've had a really severe sinus infection. I also tore a calf muscle, and I can't hear out of my left ear. But still, these things will pass. I'm sure you've been there as well. Maybe it's due to problems sleeping or relationship problems. Something unexpectedly hard has come your way. You get sick and can't seem to get through it. Some black cloud of bad luck or being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Or the famous everything comes in threes, so you're waiting for the next low blow. Gratitude doesn't seem to be working. So what can you do? Sometimes I think simply realizing, yeah, this kind of sucks, is helpful. Oh, and I have some other ideas to share, and to be very frank, I'm using this episode to help me get out of my own slump. It was amazing as soon as I realized I could choose to write about it, I felt almost instantly better. Our speak pipe voicemail of the week is from a woman who checks in with my website and left a message there, which all of you can do at drmargaretrutherford.com or here on the show notes. I loved her question about whether to let someone with apparent borderline personality disorder know that you've learned what they did in a fit of rage. It feels like you're keeping a secret and a powerful one. But what makes it so powerful? That's where my answer will lie. How does this voicemailer want to use that power? I want to once again thank BetterHelp for their sponsorship of self-work and remind you that a therapist is literally 24 hours away with BetterHelp. During this time of the year, that may be the very lifeline and support you need, and you can get a great discount off the first month of sessions through the self-work link. So let's hear from BetterHelp. I recently heard a fascinating reframe for the idea of asking for help. Maybe you view asking for help as something someone does who's falling apart or who isn't strong. So consider this. What if asking for help means that you won't let anything get in your way of solving an issue, finding out an answer, or discovering a better direction? Asking for help is much more about your determination to recognize what needs your attention or what is getting in your way of having the life you want. Better help the number one online therapy provider, makes reaching out about as easy as it can get. Within 48 hours, you'll have a professional licensed therapist with whom you can text, email, or talk with to guide you. And you're not having to comb through therapist websites or drive to appointments. It's convenient, inexpensive, and readily available. Now you can find a therapist that fits your needs with better help. 
And if you use the code or link betterhelp.com slash selfwork, you'll get 10% off your first month of sessions. So just do it. You'll be glad you did. That link again is betterhelp.com slash selfwork to get 10% off your first month of services. Occasionally, I've taken my own experience or something I've been struggling with and talked that through here on self-work because I'm not only relatively certain, I know that my experience is far from unique. A friend or a client or a Facebook group member will say, I'm not depressed. I've been depressed and this isn't it. But I can't seem to find my way out of my mood or change the lens that I'm looking through. What's going on? So today, I'm going to divide those moods into three groups, being in a slump, being in the dumps, or not being able to see beyond that bump in the road. It's been kind of fun trying to come up with the differences in those three things. When I looked them up in research, they were all labeled types of mild depression, but I don't agree with that totally. I can see that from a common sense perspective, but the actual diagnosis of mild depression needs a time period of two years to be legitimately used. So a bad mood that lasts two years, okay, that's likely depression or a negative dark thought spiral for sure. And the longer it lasts, the worse it can get. But I would say that most dumps, slumps, and humps don't last two years, for many of us at least. Let's take being in the dumps first. You might say that to your partner in the morning if they ask you what's wrong. They can tell something's off, you seem more distant or more in your head, not as available emotionally or even physically. Now, (laughs) we all know that the word dump itself has many meanings. A photo dump on social media means a blast of not-so-meaningful but random photos often showed in rapid succession to basically give viewers something different to see and react to. Maybe they're scenes from a party or what you did that day that thousands of your fans might want to see. Since I see patients so many days, I always laugh with my team that a photo dump of mine would be me brushing my teeth and then coming out to fix dinner, and there you go. A vast wasteland of time in between, since, of course, I can't take pictures of me and my clients at the end of a session. Then, of course, there's the word dump, which is slang for excretion of solids, if I want to be applied about it. It's the old number two. We can see where that came from. Dumping something or someone means getting rid of what's not needed or wanted anymore, which, of course, in a relationship can often feel awful if you're the dumpee, not the dumper. But being in the dumps, what does that really mean? I tend to think of it as about not finding pleasure, not being in the present moment, and choosing to feel and experience what that moment offers. You just can't do it. No matter what it is, you're in the dump. So feeling or seeing anything other than a kind of fog is, for now, the seeming best you can do. Perhaps its closest cousin to actual depression would be what's called anhedonia, or the lack of pleasure in what has been previously pleasurable. That's hard to say. But the dumps don't last two years. What you usually find to be inspiring or giving you energy just doesn't have that wow factor. Now, it's different from self-pity because you're not feeling sorry for yourself or feeling like a victim of life. But plugging in to any kind of pleasure seems out of reach at that point. How do you get out of the dumps? Usually means making yourself do something that for you inherently has a meaning. So you ramp up the stimulus, so to speak. Like how can you be in the dumps when you and your best friend are having a laugh? Or you're listening to a new album from your favorite band. Or you take advantage of a great weather day and get moving. Whatever that might be for you. Or you do something nice for someone else. 
This is a great way of getting out of the dumps. I did that yesterday. I helped a woman whose groceries were loaded into far too few bags, and she was having trouble getting them out of her cart and into her car. I feel sorry for her. I don't know what she did when she got home. So I walked away feeling a little less dumpy. So that's being in the dumps. What about being in a slump? I tend to think of this as about energy. Medically, if your body starts physically slumping, you're either having a heart attack, a stroke, or something else life-threatening. Your vital organs are literally struggling to keep you up, keep you functioning. I hear about the slumps a lot when someone has worked very hard for something. Maybe they were in a play, a race, cheered an event, played all of a soccer season and it's at its end, or worked hard on a project at home or work. So much of your energy went into that activity or goal. And now it's done. It's over. It could be a wedding or after taking care of someone who'd been very ill and now has died. After anything that took almost everything you had to give. And then it ended. Again, if that energy doesn't come back to you, it was some rest or distraction, your sense of vitality is difficult to get back, that could be the start of a depression. But let's ask ourselves this question. What is it if it's a task that doesn't end? I bet the parents listening, especially whoever the primary caregiver happens to be, will be hearing this and saying, I don't have time for a slump. It's one thing with one kid, and then immediately or simultaneously, there's something going on with another one. (laughs) I get it. Slumps can seem impossible to even allow yourself. But that may be when you start beating yourself up, saying things like, I had so much energy at the beginning of the semester. Where has that gone? You may be in a kind of physical or mental slump that you're ignoring. So you're in your own kind of slump, but still pushing and shoving your way to get things done while struggling with the emotional energy to back that up. Totally normal. Totally. And one of the things that makes parenting so very hard, maintaining the energy needed to really be there rarely lets up. How is this different than being in the dumps? Well, they might both be happening. The dumps are more emotional. You're not finding pleasure. The slumps are more about energy and you're dragging yourself around. You're not really connecting because it's just too hard. Man, you've got a double whammy. You've got dumps and slumps. What can you do about that? I said in the intro what I believe, that you have to give yourself permission to just be there. Sometimes it happens to all of us. You admit, yeah, this sucks with either the dumps or the slumps. Right now, feeling pleasure is harder. Your physical and mental energy is taxed. So if you admit it, if you don't pretend you're that battery bunny, what good does that do? Y'all have long heard me talk about self-acceptance. And you're feeling vulnerable right now, but not forever. I think you have to accept where you are right now and not tell yourself, I'll never get out of this. I'm a terrible person or mother or friend or coworker because I'm struggling. Challenge. All those shoulds and musts. Try to find some place to replenish your energy supply. Maybe you write a podcast (laughs) on being in the dumps and it helps you feel better. And then just as importantly, ask for help. Shall I say that again? Ask for help. You'll be able to return the favor one of these days. And find something to laugh about. Laughter is a huge release and a way to replenish. It can be so, so important. Cut yourself some slack, step back, ask for help, and laugh. What about the third one? 
getting over the hump. I want you to literally consider this. A hump is in the middle of something, right? And often the middle space is the most murky. Here you may have started something that you knew was going to be hard, or maybe you're experiencing something painful that came into your life like a divorce or cancer treatment, but you're hoping things will get better after it's over, whatever it is. I want to share with you an analogy I've used many times with my own clients. Think of entering a long, dark tunnel. You can see pretty well when you first begin because you have the light behind you that's showing at least enough of the way that you can find the path. But there comes a time in that tunnel when that initial light is gone and you're just forcing yourself to keep walking, needing to believe or being told that the tunnel will end. But the light from the far or final end of the tunnel is too far away to detect. So you have to get over that hump, that blindness, that confusion, the frequent demoralization that can happen when you can forget even why you started this journey, or you know you had to, but your hopefulness is much harder to come by, and you just keep stumbling forward. Finally, you can begin to see that there's light at the end, but it's not a straight tunnel. So you see that light, and then lose it, see it, and lose it. Steadily, it becomes brighter, and it will give you strength, yet the journey has been long, And the journey has also changed you. You'll have to assess that at the end. Right now, the job is to keep going. So, getting over the hump is getting through the messy middle of something hard when your motivation is lacking, but you've got to keep going. I want to point out that for me, this is different than grief. This is handling ambiguity, not knowing what to expect and feeling lost. That can be part of grief, certainly, but not understanding just how difficult something was going to be is a common feeling for many who are going through it. And stumbling along, hoping for the best, but you're still kind of in the dark, takes an immense amount of courage, fortitude, and resilience. So again, what can you do about it? Talk to others who've been in that tunnel, who've been through it. They've walked that messy middle and have something to offer to you funny how we can get back to ask for help, but the experience of others who've divorced or been treated for cancer or whatever the experience is, when there's a lot of not knowing, that experience can help you realize that you're far from alone and that what you're feeling and perhaps afraid of is normal. Now, you may be asking yourself, how am I supposed to find these people? Google support groups, information groups, Facebook groups, ask friends, ask community hotlines, ask on social media, ask your doctors. But first, you have to reveal whatever the struggle is. And of course, for me, that revelation is healing in and of itself. I told you that writing this post had made me realize that I could do something. I could put mental energy into understanding just how and why I felt stuck and get unstuck. My ear may still not work and my calf hurts, but once I gave myself permission to just say, yeah, the last two or three weeks have kind of sucked, I'm moving through these dumps, and so can you. Speak pipe message from drmargaretrutherford.com. Before we go on to this week's self-work voicemail, I want you to listen to this message that I actually recorded last Monday, so it's a little bit longer than normal. But it's about our new sponsor, Moonbird. And they've got a great double discount for you this week. And this week only. 
I'm so excited about this new SelfWork sponsor, so I'm doing something a bit unusual and letting you know about an offer they have today because it's a Black Friday double discount offer that's sensational, and I wanted to quickly pass it on to you. The product is Moonbird. Used by over 25,000 people in Europe, Moonbird is the world's first tactile breathing coach designed to fit in the palm of your hand, which provides real-time biofeedback, which, by the way, I was trained in years ago and very much believe in. Created for those grappling with stress, anxiety, autism, or insomnia, it's a compact device that aids its users through soothing breathwork exercises. It's the brainchild of Stephanie Brose, who's a PhD researcher, and her brother Michael. So it's a family business created out of her experience with suffering from insomnia. What does it do? Moonbird uniquely measures your heart rate and heart rate variability to guide you to change your own breathing patterns when you download their free app. Basically, you hold the device in your hand and you can feel it moving in and out and you follow it. Simple as that. So just go to this website, moonbird.live slash product. That's moonbird.live slash product and enter the code capitals self-work for $20 off this week. If you balk a little at the price, think of all those sleep aids you've bought over the years. I have a drawer full of them, but they're headed out. I got mine in two days from the time I ordered it, even though its creators are in Europe. So you can get started this Thanksgiving holiday when you might most need it. All I can say is enjoy and learn to breathe is what you can do about your stress, your insomnia, and your life. Now, let's move on to this week's self-work voicemail. I, I just found this amazing website and everything... So much of it relates to my relationship with my mother and how I was raised by her. And it made me feel much less crazy just knowing that it's really not me. It's about her. My question is, I did try to put in some boundaries with her a few years ago and it didn't go well. She told my brother she wanted to take me out of the will. My brother talked her out of it, but she doesn't know that I know that. The secret is just about killing me. And I am trying to decide whether to tell her that I know or not. The thing is, she often denies, well, anything and everything. And I don't know if it would make me feel better or if it could be worse. And I also know that I will never really get what I hope for or need from her. And this could really make things worse. And just wondering if you have any thoughts on this situation. And like I said, I was so happy to see this website because it just made me feel so much less crazy. All right. Thank you. It sounds to me as if this daughter has figured out that her mother has deep characterological issues and that she fits the rubric for borderline personality disorder. I'm sure she has lots of feelings about that, about how she and her siblings have had to put up with incredible manipulation or learn how to cope with her rages and outbursts. She could be fed up, angry, resentful, so many feelings. But now she's learned that her mom wanted to write her out of the will the last time she became enraged with her about setting some boundaries. It was only after a sibling talked to her down off that cliff that she changed her mind. The listener says, this secret is just about killing me. But she quickly also states that she realizes that her mom is unlikely to change. But for her mother not to reveal or admit her actions or her temptations, and for the listener to know about them secretively, that sounds like it feels very powerful, kind of a, I know what you did. So this is what I ask myself and ask her in the process. 
What are you hoping would happen if you presented your mom with this information? Within this voicemailer's answer probably lies some kind of dream or wish that her mom could accept responsibility. But, my friends, that is not likely to happen. And that will likely lead to sadness or grief or both or anger again. And the cycle will begin again. I also wonder if she's talked with her sibling who shared this info with her. First, was there any malintent of that sibling when they shared? Or are they close and the sibling felt like she should know? Is the sibling okay with her sharing that or not? It seems like an important question. And third, the pain of having a borderline parent can be very, very difficult to bear. And moving ahead, truly moving ahead, may mean realizing that they're incapable of having empathy or of understanding their impact on others. They just don't, unless they themselves seek treatment and do very, very hard work. That can feel like you were cheated, you can remain resentful, you can rage yourself, but that kind of acceptance can get you off the hook of expecting something different from a parent who simply doesn't know how, nor do they have the skills to calm themselves and clearly see their own reflection. So instead of the secret having power, the secret can simply mean to her, well, I should have expected something like this. My mother can act in really mean, revengeful ways and let that be. And if she does choose to talk to her mother about it, then what I would recommend strongly is that she have no agenda about what's going to come back, meaning that if her mother does take her out of the will, that she doesn't care about that. It's been more important for her to reveal this secret. So that's a lot to consider. Please feel free to leave your own questions on the SpeakPipe app. And I'm, of course, delighted that my website has been helpful to this voicemailer. My website holds all my podcast episodes and blog posts. And actually, you can use the search feature to find anything you need or want. It's very convenient. It's DrMargaretRutherford.com. Thank you all for being here now and every other week that you have been. It means so very much to me. Leave a review or a rating wherever you listen. That would be fantastic and can help other potential listeners find self-work. My book, Perfectly Hidden Depression, is available anywhere you want it. And actually, I had someone contact me today that found my little gift book, Marriage is Not for Chickens, at a local bookstore. That's kind of fun. And she said she was delighted with it. It's called Marriage is Not for Chickens. And it's a great little gift to find someone who's enjoying an anniversary, or maybe you're enjoying your own anniversary. And it's a great little book to remind both of you of all that it takes to make marriage work. I'm delighted to open myself up to more speaking engagements in 2024. So if I can speak to you or your group, you can go again to drmargaretrutherford.com. I have a speakers page there or there's more contact information and we're building a whole new speakers page. I'd love to come wherever you work or might need me to speak about perfectionism, mental health in the workplace and many other topics that I can talk about. And you can join my Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash self-work. That's facebook.com slash groups slash self-work. A lot of information today. This segment is airing on Black Friday, so maybe many of you are out there shopping, at least here in the United States. I hope you had a lovely Thanksgiving. Thank you always for listening and being here at Self-Work. Please take care of yourself 
your family, and your community. I'm Dr. Margaret, and this has been Self Work.